One regular Sunday night, Kelsey Patrick's whole world changed in an instant. She was just 15 when her much-loved dad, Brian, died suddenly at home. He was just 48 years old. In a small country town, when we lose someone so loved, the ripple effect goes far wider than you could possibly imagine. And during this episode, Kelsey bravely shares just what life has been like for her, her beautiful mum, Karen, and the impact it has had on their whole family. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kelsey. It's thank you, um, such a pleasure to have you here on this Saturday afternoon. Yes, thank you. It's good to see you. Yeah. So um, obviously I've asked you to um, come and have a chat with me about something that's very, very close to your heart and I feel very blessed and honoured to have you. Um, so today we're going to chat about your beautiful dad Brian yes and um the last six years have been something that you would never have imagined I Mm. I believe yes so where do we start where are we going to start well I mean I can start with that night Mm -hmm. if you want um so I was 15 years old at the time and he was 48 nearly 49 and I think well I can't even remember the day really it was just a Sunday on the 26th of April and We'd had, well, his parents were down, so my nan and pa came, Murray, and I think we were just pottering around the house, really. We didn't do too much, and he was just doing sort of things outside, you know, doing your manly stuff, going down to the shed and all that sort of thing. And then I think mum cooked a turkey roast for tea, and I remember it wasn't that nice, so I gave dad all my leftovers. And I think we had my nan and pa, Elaine and Peter as well, so my mum's parents, and Imogen, my little cousin, she was over for a sleepover because it was, I think, the last night of school holidays. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we all just had tea. It was fairly normal, just, you know, family thing. The Nan and Pa down from Adelaide. So we just all catching up. And then um, Imogen and I went into my room and started watching a movie on my little DVD player. Mm-hmm. And it was all exciting having a little sleepover. And Mum and Nan Kay were in watching a TV show in the lounge room and then dad and pa were just having a chat outside because my other nan and pa had gone home by then and they were just having a chat in the kitchen just yeah I think um well pa said you know dad was sort of talking about life and you know money and family and those sorts of things that you sort of talk about with your parents I suppose and Mm -hmm. saying how he's proud of mum with the salon Mm -hmm. and me with school and everything and then I just remember it was around 9 30 by then I think we figured out it's 9.36 and we just heard this massive like bang and it sort of, I remember Imogen and I jumped and we were like, oh, what was that? And I was like, oh, the cats have probably knocked something off the bench or, you know, something like that. And, but it was so like eerie, like it just, yeah, thinking back, it was like you knew something was bad from it, but you just sort of didn't want to know subconsciously. And I remember hearing my pa sort of like, oh, Brian, Brian. I thought he must have fallen over because, you know, you expect, you know, your grandpa to fall mm-hmm. over more than your dad. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, mum came in and she's like, your, your dad's fallen over. I think he's fainted or something. And he was just, you know, in the kitchen, you know, they were just in the middle of a conversation and he just fell and they weren't really sure what was going on. But luckily my nan and pa, they were trained in first aid. Mm-hmm. So they sort of, you know, checked to see if he was breathing. They rolled him over. They checked for a pulse and... They couldn't find one, so they rang the ambulance straight away within a minute. Mm-hmm. So it was really lucky that mm-hmm. they did that. Yeah. And 
the ambulance, I think they were there within five minutes and by then they'd already started, you know, compressions, trying to give him breaths and, yeah, did everything they could, which was mm-hmm. so good to know that everything was possibly done for him that mm-hmm. could have been. Mm-hmm. And then basically the ambulance tried for, I think, double the amount of time that they should have because we obviously knew the men and they knew Dad, a small country town thing, and they knew Mum and me. And, yeah, I think they just really wanted to try and, you know, make something happen. I gave him three shots of adrenaline and just nothing. And I remember seeing the machine just flatlining all the time and I just thought, oh, surely they just haven't got the monitor on properly. Like, he's not dead. He just doesn't even cross your mind. And, yeah, poor little Imogen, she was quite upset. She wanted her mum. So mm-hmm. we rang her and we were in my room. We had the dog locked in there because she was getting in the way and mum sort of thought probably that we didn't need to see all that happening to him and I was quite glad that I didn't mm. to this day. Mm. And then, yeah, it felt like a few minutes but it would have been probably an hour and a half of them trying, I think, uh-huh. about that long and, yeah, I think two ambulances ended up rocking up, police, and then yeah, I heard my door open and the look on mum's face sort of said it all before she even said anything and, yeah, she sort of came up to us and she had a lady paramedic with her as well and she just sort of said, you know, there's nothing more that we can do, which, you know, I yeah, I'll never forget that look on mum's face. She, yeah, I think that's the hardest thing she probably ever had to say. Mm. And, yeah, I remember hearing Imogen just start screaming and I just went sort of, like, into autopilot. I had no idea. Like, you don't expect, you know, your dad to be dead and, yeah, this big sort of just, like, I just felt all this pain and I just started screaming and it was just so weird. I couldn't stop. I was screaming at everyone and ran out and I, like, sort of collapsed on the ground and I was just so, like, all over the place. I had no idea what was going on and they were sort of pushing me to say goodbye to him and wanted me to touch his face and I was just scared of him. It was so weird. But, yeah, I saw the policemen, which I knew, and they were really good, but they had to take mum away into a separate room and then my grandparents into a separate room to question them because it was, you know, such a weird sort of thing. So then... The rest of my family, like my auntie and uncle and my nan and pa that were previously there for tea came back and we were all just sitting in mum and dad's bedroom, just silent, all crying, no idea what's, you know, going on. And it was, it's still such a blur. Like, I, yeah, that's really all I remember now. Like, I could remember a lot more back then, but now it's sort of blocked out still. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then, yeah, we went to my auntie's place because they're only about 10 minutes away and we just sort of sat around the table for hours and hours. I think we only got back home at about four o'clock because they had to take photos and get dad's medication and do a big sort of crime scene thing, I suppose, you know, just to get all evidence. And Mm -hmm. yeah, then we just came home to this like quiet, empty, dark house and Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, all sort of went to bed, but no one really slept. I think I sort of just was exhausted and Mm. fell asleep, but mum, I don't think she slept. Mm. She was sort of telling family members and sort of getting things 
yeah, wrapping her head around things while she had a bit of time and mm-hmm. yeah. But then, yeah, the next probably few days are a bit of a blur as well mm-hmm. after that. Just thousands and thousands of messages from people and calls and Facebook posts and just, yeah, everything you could think of and so many flowers and frozen meals and groceries and loads of wood from the community and we got dog yards built for us Mm. and just all these amazing acts of kindness was, yeah, so overwhelming. Like it was just, yeah, felt like it all happened at once really. But, yeah, it was just insane all the support that we got Mm. in the next couple of days. And then, yeah, we sort of got a call, I think it was a few days later after he died and they basically said they couldn't find that it was basically an unremarkable result from his autopsy which yeah knocked us all Mm. for sure because it was just like how could there be nothing Mm. this you know fit healthy 54 year old well not 54 48 year old you know so it's yeah Mm. you just yeah we couldn't believe it and we actually had to bury him not knowing Mm. which was really hard because it was yeah they I know they kept his heart to keep sort of checking but yeah we yeah buried him with no, no closure no closure yeah which that made the funeral really hard people sort of asking you know what happened and we couldn't give them an answer and yeah mm. yeah that was probably the most overwhelming thing at the funeral for mm. us that was the next big step mm. but yeah I spoke at the funeral but yeah, that was a given. Mm. I was always going to. It was, yeah, everyone needed to know what sort of man he was like. And tell me what or tell us what sort of man was he like? What was he <laughs> well, like father? <laughs> it was fairly cheeky, which yeah. I'm sure everyone all, everyone knows that. He was, yeah, made lots of jokes and very funny. He was very embarrassing as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> but he was very much, it's probably a bit controversial to say but he was a real girl dad uh-huh. he yeah yeah he was just so like he was such a big softy with me deep down like always reading books going to bed and he'd always like you know if I hurt myself he'd be putting a band-aid on and kissing it better and you know like if something scared me he'd go and fix it or you know he'd yeah just had a good way of making things better mm-hmm. for us and yeah he could just put his hand to anything really like he had so many jobs and he was just excelling at everything and it was so good to just be like oh how does this work and he could just tell you mm. straight away like he was mm. so smart and mm. he just yeah knew how things worked and yeah could fix anything and yeah it was yeah really lucky to have him in that way and he was full of a lot of wisdom and knowledge yeah so he'd always be telling me things like, you know, your body's your temple, you need to look after it and you need to you know, take care of yourself and just all these sorts of things all the time, just mm. absolutely drilling it in, mm. even though I was this little teenage girl, mm. like, okay, dad, mm. you know. And, yeah, he loved helping mum at the salon. He helped her build a lot of things in the salon and really put her up on a pedestal mm. and... That's interesting you would say that. The last time I remember seeing Brian was Mm. um, at mum's salon and he was Mm. 
up fixing the lights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he was, yeah, that's, and had it, he was up on the ladder and yep. hello. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was always in there fixing things yeah. if she needed. She could always call on him and he'd be like, oh, okay, I'll go and fix it and yeah, help her out with things. Mm. And yeah, he was really good in that way. And he was, yeah, a good person to chat to about things. He mm. was full of it, really. Very, <laughs> very wise. Mm. And, yeah. Um, so with the um, things that he did mention to you over the years when mm. he said drilled into you, how, mm. how, what, what has stuck? Probably looking after my body, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I've always, yeah, made sure that, you know, my mental health, my physical health, you know, always comes first. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, would always just sort of drill in little meanings. Like mm-hmm. he shared something on Facebook. It was the last thing he shared. It was the past is your lesson, the present is your gift and the future is your motivation. Mm-hmm. And he was a big believer in that. So mm-hmm. he would always, you know, have a goal that he was working towards and he would always be pushing himself mm-hmm. to, you know, do the next best thing. And he'd, yeah, just loved learning new things and trying new things. Like mm-hmm. he was, yeah, really outgoing and just he always made sure to have time for everyone no matter their background or mm-hmm. you know yeah like who they were what their last name was he didn't care mm-hmm. whereas yeah some people do but he just a person was a person and if they needed help he mm-hmm. would give it to them mm-hmm. which I'd like to think that I do the same and I try to mm-hmm. and yeah yeah that was quite inspirational to see him you know my dad you know go and help someone in a time of need, you know, say mm-hmm. if they broke down on the side of the road, he'd stop and help. And mm-hmm. there was no buts about it. Even if he was having the craziest day and so busy, he would always have time mm-hmm. for others first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was really special mm-hmm. to have someone like that growing up and yeah. having that as my idol sort mm-hmm. of thing, yeah. So what have the last six years been like, not having him in your life um, in the physical sense? Mm, very different not having a dad around for sure like you know the first things like driving driving a car learning how to drive and getting boyfriends and breakups and friend troubles and going through school and you know moving out it's very difficult without having that man figure around when you're so used to having such an involved dad Mm -hmm. especially yeah I was very lucky he was you know at every netball game Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing so yeah having just my mum we created a pretty big bond yeah through it all and you know having just and like we're fairly small little ladies so having this big farm just you know if something would go wrong and we couldn't call my pa or my uncle we'd have to figure it out ourselves and a lot of the time we'd be like oh who knows what dad would be saying right now (laughs) like we'd be hearing him in the back of our minds like he would just be laughing or he would be telling us off because we'd be doing it wrong but Mm. it was a real learning curve Mm -hmm. trying to figure things out by Mm. ourselves Mm. and yeah even like getting stuff off the top shelf you know it was (laughs) hard to do without him around like there's still things that he's put there and we haven't touched because we just can't get it so Mm. yeah Mm. things like that it Mm. was yeah, really different for mm-hmm. sure not having that around what was it like in the earlier days um when things were extremely difficult mm-hmm. um how did you and mum sort of cope as mother and daughter without dad and you know you being the only child how how did you cope there I think 
um, we, we had a really close bond anyway, but it just grew so much stronger because at the end of the day, like when all the visitors would leave and the family would leave, like it was so good to have that support around. But then, you know, we'd get to like seven, eight o'clock at night and it would just be this quiet house, no big loud man mm. stomping around, doing things, taking off his boots and smacking them at the front door and all that sort of thing. It was very just quiet. So we would, you know, we'd watch a lot of TV shows together and we'd, you know, if we didn't feel like cooking, which a lot of the time we'd have meals already made up for us. Mm. So we'd, you know, eat them or we'd be like, let's go get pizza mm. or, you know, mm. let's get Chinese, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. We'd just enjoy it, each other's company. Yeah. Well, we could just alone because, yeah, a lot of the time there was just hundreds of people coming in and out of that door mm. wanting to help and yeah, so it was nice to just reset together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about um, 18th and more recently, 21st? Mm, How yes. did you go with those special celebrations? It was definitely hard sort of without him because I know that he would just be, you know, so proud and wanting to celebrate all these things. And, yeah, even his 50th, like mum had to have her 50th alone mm. and I think they probably would have had a joint one together. Mm-hmm. So. I know that was hard for her and seeing me mm-hmm. hit the milestones without him mm-hmm. was probably hard for her. Mm. And, yeah, me being like, oh, you know, the last time he saw me I was this little scrawny 15-year-old girl, mm. you know, and now I'm turning into a woman and doing mm. things for myself. Mm. It was definitely hard having that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Sort of felt like I couldn't really celebrate as much as I would have. Mm. But we always found ways to sort of have him be a part of it like I'd do a little speech and have a little part of him in there and mm. we'd have you know we'd put his keys out and his wallet and a photo of him and mm-hmm. little things of his I'd yeah we'd always have a little part of him around and put some of the songs on that he liked and because mm-hmm. he loves loved music, music. yeah, yeah. He loved played, it. did he play in a band at one yeah, point yeah yeah he played in a couple of bands yeah. and yeah he was really musical played mm-hmm. the drums guitar That's he liked right. to sing he liked yeah. to think he could sing <laughs> So he'd always be singing in the shower. Uh-huh. I remember that because my room was right next to the shower. So late at night when he'd get home from work, he'd be singing really loud. So I'd always remember those songs. Yeah. And What were a couple of his favourite songs? Oh, Do you remember now? He loved like ACDC. Oh, yeah? So you can Some imagine him singing to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he loved like U2. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't even like yeah. Foo Fighters, Fall Out Boy, mm-hmm. yeah, those sorts of ones. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I was really lucky to have a dad that liked that sort of music to yeah. grow up to. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. Never a dull moment. No, no, <laughs> there was always some sort of music on and he loved 5TCB radio. He'd oh, yeah. always be requesting songs. Like, <laughs> you'd hear him on the radio, yeah, he'd be requesting something else. And Yeah. Yeah, some funny songs anyway. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> but, <gorgeous>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you're now studying um, at uni? Yes. Yeah, what are you um, studying? Veterinary technology. So wow. Yes, it's like a bridge in between a nurse and a vet. Okay. So yeah. It's been really exciting. I'm in my second year now. Uh-huh. So I'm yeah, moving back up to school soon to exciting. keep my studies going. Yeah. Is that so, a, yeah. Newer, a newer course? It or? is, yeah. It only came out last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was the first year to do it. So Wow. Yeah, definitely a learning curve with COVID and everything, yeah. doing it all online. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to come home and see mum. So yeah. it was good to be with her and study Yeah, during all the uncertain times because, yeah, it was, yeah, quite scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, I imagine that would be helping you a lot with the with your animals mm. on the farm and stuff. Yes, lots yeah. of animals, yeah. Mm. And Dad loved me growing up on the farm. That's what he always wanted. So mm. we moved out there, I think, when I was about two. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I loved it, absolutely thrived. And he loved watching me grow up. And he always wanted me to learn about life and death, funnily enough. And I definitely have mm-hmm. since he's passed away. We, yeah, had lots of dogs you know, lots of cats, cows, mm. chooks, sheep, everything. Mm. And, yeah, it definitely increased my love for animals for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, learning about, you know, you know, little babies being born and mm-hmm. seeing it all and seeing, you know, some things not make it. It was, yeah, made me really tough mm-hmm. when I was little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more resilient. And yeah. I feel like that did help me mm-hmm. in my grief process a little bit as well mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, tell us about the days, I mean, we've touched on mum and, and yourself, mm-hmm. but what about, how did you go in those earlier days with the grieving, um, yeah, the, the, some of your darkest times, what were they like? It was pretty hard those first couple of weeks, especially like just, I didn't really eat at all. I lost a lot of weight. I was in the 40 kilos. And I don't think I showered for over a week, which is pretty gross thinking about it now. But at the time, just couldn't even bring myself to do that or brush my hair. Mm. I looked a mess, but I didn't care. I just lived in my dressing gown, basically, in my Ugg boots. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, that was my most comfortable. So Mm. I was just in autopilot, just survival mode, Mm -hmm. you know, getting up every day and then going to bed, basically. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. Like I didn't really, my friends would come over, but I sort of deleted myself out of group chats, didn't really go on social media. I just couldn't bring myself to see people being normal still. Mm. But, yeah, that was basically it and just sort of, yeah, spending time with my family and Mm -hmm. a lot of the time just sitting there with visitors and sort of (laughs) I told that story about him dying a lot, so that's, yeah yeah mm. pretty um ingrained in my mind mm. just sort of retelling mm. that over and over to people and sort of yeah having to cry about it and giving them a hug and then sending them off and then mm. the next one would come in mm. and just that a lot of the time so just being strong for like everyone else really mm. at the end of the day and then just being exhausted at the end of it and going to bed. <laughs> I imagine that you would have been extremely exhausted mm. um, and for a very, very long time. What, yeah. um, looking back in hindsight, would you have done anything differently or do you believe the way you, exactly what you said before, that it mm. was survival mode and you were doing the best you could mm. at the time, would you, would you, and everyone grieves differently obviously, yes. but, you know, for someone that's really struggling right now, maybe they're at that, that point in time where mm. they've just recently lost someone that they love so much such as a parent mm. or a family member what what would you say to them just do what makes you comfortable you know like don't if people are pushing you to say go back to school or you know pushing you to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing yet you don't have to because at the end of the day you've got to listen to what your body wants and what it needs because it's really going through such a hard thing, even physically, like, you know, your organs aren't even working properly when you're in grief, you know, you just go so into survival mode, Mm -hmm. fight or flight Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. 
So I think just, yeah, really listening to what your body's telling you mm-hmm. and doing that and only that. And if all you can cope with is getting up out of bed and having a glass of water and going back to bed, just do that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's an achievement mm-hmm. for sure and you should be proud mm-hmm. to be able to even do that, mm-hmm. yeah. Can you describe fight or flight to us from what you know, just for anyone, mm. just to maybe be able to put a practical sense to it, mm. um, what do you know fight or flight to be? Just that sort of constant feeling like your heart rate's up and you're just always in this sort of anxious state, like sort of on the verge of a panic attack all the time, just not sure if you should sort of arc up at people because I was quite angry mm-hmm. in my first stages of grief. I was because I was such a teenager by then I was yeah you just want to arc up at people or you just want to go and hide Mm -hmm. in your room Mm -hmm. and just shut it out Mm -hmm. and not have to listen to any more of it and yeah yeah just either you're angry or you're crying really Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how I felt most of the time Mm -hmm. yeah um, so very reactive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely not having that filter yeah. anymore, yeah. just sort of letting it out, whatever comes out, comes out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you ever have any times where you um, did, where that did happen mm. and, and you were you thought, oh, God, I wish I could take that back or do you look back <laughs> on everything and think it just was what it was? Yeah, and... some some things I think, God, why did I even say that? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and at the time it was, I was like, yep, that's good, that's good what you said, you know, good on you. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> you know, I stood up to big adults and, you know, mm. stood up to things they said, you know, well, actually, no, that's not what happened and, mm. You know, even with funeral plans, I was like, no, Dad wouldn't have wanted that. He would have wanted this, you know. I was, you know, putting my input into Mm. everything Mm. and, yeah, made me pretty tough, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Felt pretty tough. Yeah, just a bit more assertive than Mm. maybe you would have been prior to such a trauma. Yeah, definitely. You know, Mm. um, it shaped you, part of what's shaped you to be Mm. the woman you are today. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if Dad didn't want something at the funeral, he would have wanted you to say oh, that Oh, yeah, too. he would have been like, that's my girl, you know. <laughs> if yep. Dad wanted an ACDC song played, oh, well, that's definitely. his <laughs> Yeah, we were like, yep, he gets what he wants. <laughs> yeah, so I've definitely got that part of him in me for mm. sure, which Mum loves sometimes and also hates sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> she sees a lot of him in me. So. It's well-rounded qualities, I think you would say. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, getting back to... Um, any other uh, advice is probably a bit of a strong word, but mm. anything else that you would recommend for people if they're feeling, you know, such mixed traumatic emotions? Mm. I would just sort of say it's all right to talk about it. Mm-hmm. People are always just going to listen and mm-hmm. especially people that have gone through something similar, like reach out to them because mm-hmm. I know a couple of friends sort of my age, like they lost their parents to, you know, mental illness or a physical illness Mm -hmm. like a disease or Mm -hmm. anything like that they would reach out to me and sort of say I'm here to talk and it really meant a lot to know that there were others out there that had lost parents Mm -hmm. and they knew sort of how I was feeling Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. which it yeah made me quite comforted so yeah definitely just get out there and talk about it Mm -hmm. for sure that's the only way you're going to cope and go through it yeah is just sort of yeah being in touch with your emotions and how you're feeling Mm -hmm. for sure Mm
so yeah definitely so important to um talk to people that you trust and people that you know um have been through similar experiences Mm -hmm. or have that wisdom um were there were or are there ways that you in your heart and in your mind keep him alive so maybe Mm. faith or any signs yeah he he was never a big believer mm-hmm. in life after death. He always said, you know, heaven's on earth, you know, you always stop and look at the sunsets, that's, you know, your slice of the day mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. But then after he passed away, we noticed, you know, mum and I, we, one time we smelt really strong lilies mm-hmm. and it was, there were other people in the room, but it was just mum and I, like literally like a lily was held right at our face. Yeah. And we sort of looked it up and we were like, oh, it's an angel presence. And we were like, oh, I don't know if he'd be an angel, but <laughs> like to <laughs> Not think a perfect so. little angel. <laughs> but, yeah, it was that was really emotional for us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that will stick with us forever for sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, we turn on the car radio and he loved that song, Shut Up and Dance. Mm-hmm. That was in his saved songs mm-hmm. on his phone. So we always hear that. Mm-hmm. And he always used to sing that Bruno Mars, Just The Way You Are, to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'd hear that on the radio so many times. Mm-hmm. And not before he died, but always just after mm-hmm. and always hear it and, yeah, just all his favourite songs, really. Mm-hmm. So we'd be like, oh, hi, Dad, you know, he's mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we just acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like heaps of butterflies all yeah. the time. Like I'd go up to the cemetery and there'd be these big monarch butterflies flying around and, landing on the grass near me and it was just really special Mm. to sort of have that time alone with him and feel like maybe there's Mm -hmm. something else happening and around me, Mm -hmm. like he's there. And, yeah, at my 21st I had heaps and heaps of those little white moths flying Mm -hmm. around, like hundreds of them. Yeah, my auntie Leah, she thought that was pretty special Mm. for sure. That's not a sign. I know, exactly. Yeah, 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 and they were absolutely everywhere, like getting in your face, Mm -hmm. like they were, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, fine, you're doing such a good job with those butterflies. <laughs> we just, yeah, always, yeah, make it lighthearted and, yeah, yeah, yeah. never too emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important to um, draw on if you do have some sort of faith or spirituality or, I mm. guess, religion if you're religious, but, you know, to draw on those um, things, aren't, isn't it? Just mm. to... Yeah, and even if, you know, you don't believe in it, it's nice to just see the signs and, yeah take a little moment so mm-hmm. maybe you know mm-hmm. well we always like the sunsets too he's got hundreds of photos of sunsets on his phone mm-hmm. so mum and I we go up to a little sunset spot and have a look if it's a really nice sunset and mm-hmm. take a little moment that's mm-hmm. our mindfulness and I think that was probably his too yeah in sort of a you know tough farm away yeah mm-hmm. that was his little moment to reset for the day mm-hmm. so that's yeah another special way that he sort of shows mm-hmm. us things I think I definitely myself like obviously being the age I am I've mm. lost quite a few people in my life and um mm. although not a parent and I mm. can't imagine what that must be like a parent or a child mm. um but my whole reasoning for having my spiritual views mm. um and perspective is because I refuse to think anything is black and white definitely yeah I just won't believe it yeah and so if anyone ever sort of questions that about me I will very quick to mm. say well that's fair for you to have that view but mm. my view is this there is yeah. there's got to be more yeah oh I know there more. has to be yeah and, and I actually think sometimes we're quite naive to the point of almost arrogant 
ignorant is mm. probably a better word to think that it is so black and white yeah. like who, who are we to say that's it yeah and it's sort of comforting to think that there's something beautiful mm-hmm. after you die like mm-hmm. that's what I hope for him mm-hmm. because yeah it comforts me knowing he didn't know that mm-hmm. he died mm-hmm. you know he was he died when he was standing up basically is what we found out mm-hmm. and it's comforting for me to mm-hmm. know that mm-hmm. and to know that maybe you know he did go somewhere really beautiful mm-hmm with all the things that he liked and that, mm-hmm. you know, every time we had to put down a dog or even like a pet lamb or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that, that he would look after it mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. until, yeah, we get wherever that is, mm-hmm. whether, yeah, mm-hmm. who knows what it is, but mm-hmm. we just hope it's beautiful yeah. for him. I'm yeah. sure it would be. If, um, he, if, he's, if he um, saw heaven on earth, then mm-hmm. surely... It's beautiful. Yes. How, how could it not be? I know, and he'd be causing havoc up yeah. there, I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. um, on a more, um, I guess, let's say grounded or mm. practical level, um, the age that he was at, 48, mm. very young to mm. die. Um, what, what, I mean, we're talking, you're 21, so yes. obviously <laughs> respectful advice, but what, mm. what respectful advice and mm. also taking into account that you are studying um, what you're studying. Yeah. What would you recommend to a, a male heading toward the age of 50? What, yeah, what would well, you suggest? I would just say, you know, it's not weak to go to the doctors. It's, mm-hmm. you know, if, you, if you're feeling sick, don't just brush it off. Don't just think, oh, I'll be right. You know, I'll wait, you know, I'll just see how it goes. I'll see if I get better. Mm-hmm. Just go see the doctor. It's, you know, it's okay mm-hmm. to not be well or to not mm-hmm. be at your strongest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there is something going on and you feel like it is wrong, follow it up and mm-hmm. really, you know, make sure that you are okay. And even if it's not for yourself, for your family, because, yeah, I know, yeah, Dad was quite in tune with his body, but it he was quite stubborn as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So he would just sort of push through it and think, mm-hmm. nah, I'll be right. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. tough. Nothing yeah. can happen to me. Nothing can hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so the... many men would do oh, that. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, that's probably being a bit stereotypical, but mm. it is true because they're brought up so They're raised tough. that way, yeah, mm. yeah. And especially being in the country, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, it was always the way you get up and you brush your knees and you keep going. Mm. And, yeah, he was definitely raised that way and that's mm. no fault of his own. And yeah. it made him who he is. Of course. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely just if you feel like something's wrong, you know it is mm-hmm. and get it checked out until mm-hmm. you're satisfied mm-hmm. that, yeah, you know your results. Mm. Yeah, And like you said, if you feel something is wrong, you know it is. Mm. You're talking about listening to your intuition. Yes, um, yeah. That From Dad saying, you know, listen to your body and yes. look after it and nurture it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes when we um, can be so busy in our minds, like mm. I've got to get to the next thing, do the next thing, this job needs to be finished or whatever, mm. it can take away from the feeling that you've got um, or that, that small tweak that you're not noticing. And so what do you recommend for um, even, um, no doubt, yourself, yes. um, when you're busy in your mind mm. to slow your mind down to become more in touch with your body and what you're feeling? What do you suggest for that? I just sort of sit back and think you know I take a minute go out look at the sunset mm-hmm. that sort of thing or I'll go outside I'll sit with the dogs mm-hmm. I like doing that playing with the dogs for a while mm. and sort of you know think back over the past couple of weeks if it has been really stressful like oh maybe you know I was feeling pretty sick that morning like oh you know I'll keep an eye on that and mm-hmm. you know if you 
you know, having a shower or something, you're like, oh, that's a weird mark on my arm, you know, mm-hmm. I'll keep, you know, keep a look at that mole, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just good to sort of keep it in the back of your mind and, mm-hmm. yeah, just that's make that part of your daily life, mm-hmm. just check in with yourself, mm-hmm. like, okay, how am I feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, on the mole that you just talked yeah. about re- reminded me of my dad. He was yes. diagnosed with melanoma oh, just yep. last year, mm-hmm. and um, from a mark on his arm yeah, that sort well, of he ignored. So yeah. perfect, um, yeah, perfect mm. in that saying that. Yes. Um, so yeah, so to round it off, Kelsey, mm-hmm. um, if you had, you know, one more piece of wisdom, and I know you've got it, what <laughs> might that be? Just to really, oh, I don't even know. There's so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, Take just, your time. You know, like live every day like it's your last. Mm-hmm. I suppose mm-hmm. because that's the way Dad lived. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, he would always say, "I could die tomorrow, so I'm going to do it now." Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. just don't. Just because it might not be the, you know, the cool thing to do, or it might not be, you know, what's in or what's trendy. You know, if you like doing something, do it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do something, just go and do it. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping you. Mm-hmm. So you might as well because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, life's so short mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very good advice. I agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and I think also it's important to um, know that you guys are going so well too. Yes. Like, I mean, through all of this mm. grief and despair and, mm. and ups and downs and mm. turmoil that you went through and, and go through. Yeah. You're doing very well. Yeah, Mum's got a you. very, very successful business, yes, and you're studying. And you know, you're such yeah. a huge, like, loved part of our community. Mm. And so, for people that don't know you personally, I think that's important <laughs> yeah. to you know yeah. let people know. And I can't wait to hear um, in future what you end up doing as far oh, thank as you. <laughs> your profession goes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing such a. Um, oh, I don't even know how to describe it, special part of your life yeah. and um, I know how much your dad loved you. Mm. I know that firsthand, mm. how much he loved you and your mum and everyone else in his life, but especially mm. his beautiful little girl. Yes, yeah, he's very um, proud. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. Um, I know it can't have been easy to do, but you've done a beautiful right. job. Thank you, Mimi. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of In the Heart of a Country Girl. This series will be a more relaxed version of the previous In the Head of a Country Bloke. In other words, I'll be putting them out randomly. So if you'd like to listen to more of these, you can find them on various platforms such as Spotify, Anchor or Apple Podcasts. For coaching services, please inbox me on Instagram or Facebook under Mandy Kerno Coaching, or you can email me at mandy at mandykernocoach.com. Thank you again, and I hope you enjoy.